getting drawn back to this beautiful thing called salvation. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I thank God that I know him. If you don't know him this morning, I want you to listen as we talk about these wonderful things. This morning, as I, as I go into this sermon, I honor those who gave all for their country. Uh, this is Memorial Day weekend, and Memorial Day weekend uh, certainly honors all veterans, and we do honor all veterans, amen, this morning. Um, but it also specifically on Memorial Day weekend is to honor those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. And freedom is not free. And so today we came in here with no restraints, with no worries, with no intimidation. We came in here to worship freely. But that freedom was bought in our country by men and women who gave their lives uh, for us. So today we honor the memory of those who gave their life in the service of our country on this Memorial Day. But we also honor those veterans who are still alive. So can we just give all those a good hand of appreciation and honor this morning. In fact, I know it's not Veterans Day as such, but if you're a veteran, would you just stand just for a moment? Uh, would you just stand so we can thoroughly recognize our veterans? Pastor Lawson in the back, Pastor Allison, any other veterans? Can we give them a good hand of honor this morning? And we say thank you, thank you. John 15 and 13 says this, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for a friend. No greater love has anyone than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. We remember those who laid down their lives for our country. But we also remember one who laid down his life for all of humanity. Jesus Christ who came into the human dilemma, put on the flesh of, of humanity and lived in this awful world and died for our sin, rose again on the third day. And one song says, we will remember the works of your hands. We will stop and give you praise for great is your faithfulness. That song goes on to say, uh, similar to what they just sang a few moments ago, I still remember the day that you saved me. I still remember when you called out my name. What I'm preaching about this morning, what I'm going to do a little teaching even about this morning, is personal salvation. I believe that every man, woman, boy or girl, was given by God free will. Free will. We are not robots. We are not pre-programmed. God has not determined in advance that some will be saved and some will not be saved. We as humanity, we were created with a free will. And so today as we hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, we make a personal decision to accept or to reject. Christ died on the cross so we could receive this gift of salvation. And the gift is extended. The gift is there. But on our part we must receive. He stands ready. I ask you this morning. Have you accepted Jesus Christ. As your personal Lord and Savior. Have you accepted Jesus Christ. As your personal Lord and Savior. Yesterday I wasn't feeling so well. And 
I did something that I really rarely do. I, I kind of just uh, sat back for a while and watched some television. And I went on the YouTube. Does anybody ever go on the YouTube? The YouTube. I'm just saying that to annoy my wife. The YouTube. And, and I don't know, I, 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 I think these stories that I'm going to share with you, maybe it came to me because I went on YouTube and I, I saw this documentary, and this documentary was going, he was going to go up into, he was driving, and he had the camera going, and he was driving up into West Virginia. Well, I noticed when I turned on the little documentary, he was on Interstate 77, and he was in, I could tell very quickly, he was in Bland County, Virginia. Donna and I spent three and a half years serving in ministry at Bland County, Virginia. And I recognized immediately and I thought, he's not in West Virginia. This man's in Virginia. But then I saw on the road sign and he made the comment, I'm going to go through Bluefield, West Virginia. Well, there's a Bluefield, Virginia. There's a Bluefield, West Virginia. And I, I grew up on the Virginia side. I was born on the West Virginia side. They quickly wrapped me up in cloths and got me over into the Virginia but I think he, he's going up through my stomping ground. So he turned off there near a place called Rocky Gap. He actually went through Rocky Gap, Virginia. And he, he took Route 52 and he started going over and ended up going up into my old stomping ground. So maybe, just maybe, that's why later in the night I became kind of sentimental. And I started thinking about the little white church on the side of the road. The little white church, the Abs Valley Church of God, where I grew up. Little church right on the side of the road through the valley, mountain on this side, mountain over here, a little bit of parking on the side of the road. And when I was a child, some of the, some of the gentlemen, my dad and some of them uh, went to bat and got a little more property across the road so we could actually have some parking and all these things. And all these memories flood through my mind as I see that little church on the side of the road. I started taking, thinking about a few people. I started thinking about... Uh, Sister Elsie, and I, I thought, thinking about that, we just talked about there's a choir meeting after service this morning. I started thinking about that little choir, and I started thinking about they would start singing a song about the blood sometimes. We're going to take communion in a few moments, but they would sing, I claim the blood that Jesus shed on Calvary. Anybody ever heard that old, old song? If you've, if you've been around me long enough, you know I'm an old soul. I go way back on some of the, the music. I like the old, I like the new, I like it all, but... They would start singing about when I need healing, I claim those precious bloodstains. And many times people in that choir would just start crying and weeping before the Lord. And I thought of Sister Brinkley as she would sing and cry. And she knew about that healing because God had divinely healed her of cancer some years before I was born. And I still believe that Jesus is a healer. Somebody should say amen. Started thinking about a man named Herbert Herbert and Sally were, were almost like an extra set of parents to me. And when I was just a child, I remember hearing that Herbert had come back to the Lord. I'm preaching about personal salvation this morning. Herbert's mother was one of the most saintly ladies that I think could ever have walked on this earth. But I want to tell you this morning, as good as your mama or good as my mama is, that can't save me. He had been raised in the church. He had seen it lived out in front of him, but he had wandered and drifted away from God. I don't know if that describes anybody this morning who might be watching or anybody who might be here at 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Maybe 
raised in church, have family members who serve the Lord diligently, but just drifted away from the Lord. But one night as he was seated in his rocking chair in his house, the Holy Spirit drew him to personal salvation, drew him back to where he needed to be. And I would watch Sunday night after Sunday night after Sunday night as Herbert, who had now knew the grace of God that had brought his wandering life back to Christ, he would go up and he would sing a special week after week after week. And almost every time, tears would just stream down the side of his face. Why did those tears come down the side of his face? Because he knew that he had been that one, like we said last week, that one lost sheep away from the fold and the good shepherd had come and found him and brought him back into the fold. Personal salvation is a precious thing, isn't it? It's a precious thing. It's, a, it's something that we should never take for granted. It's something that should bring rejoicing and, and even tears of, of joy sometimes in our lives to know that our sins, which were many, have been washed away and our eternal destiny is secure and we have a relationship with the living, living God through Jesus Christ. I thought of another man. His name was Robert. Robert had a very similar upbringing. His Mom and dad were, we called them brother and sister Hal. I especially like brother and sister Hal, but uh, we won't get into all that this morning. But they gave good handshakes to me because when they shook my hand, they usually put a little piece of money in it. <laughs> so I digress, but I really liked them. I guess they must have really liked me too. But Robert had been raised in that little church. He had left the fold as a young man as sometimes they do as they finished up high school and he'd gotten into this world and he, he didn't just drift like Herbert did but, but he had gotten into to drugs and to bondage of this world and to, to di dysfunction and disaster in his life. But somehow the Holy Spirit began to draw him back to the God of his youth and the God of his family. He started coming to church, and in those days, it's, it's flip-flopped. The pattern has flip-flopped in, in recent years. But in those days, a lot of people would come, especially in rural churches, to Sunday school. And then they would leave before preaching. Preaching. Right? And so that was just the way it was back in those days. You may remember that around here. I bet it was like that uh, maybe 30, 40 years ago. But they, they would come, and that's what he started to do. He started to slip in during Sunday school. But I want to tell you this morning, the Holy Spirit has a way of slipping into Sunday school too. He started coming to Sunday school, and I can remember, I remember, I remember downstairs in the little classroom where we had our Sunday school class. I can remember different times, hearing at the end of Sunday school. Now, this is Sunday school, but I started hearing that organ playing. And what started happening is, uh, you know, a little strategy will go a long way sometimes. The pastor started having an altar call at the end of Sunday school. You know, when the Holy Spirit is working, it's always good if we cooperate. <laughs> and it's okay to step outside the box sometimes. And they started having an altar call at the end of Sunday school. And one Sunday morning when the teacher was teaching a lesson that was called, What Must I Do to Be Saved? 
You know that curriculum is written probably months, if not years, ahead of time. And then it's ordered and it's brought in. And how, how in the world could it be that at the moment when he's ready to accept the Lord, they're teaching a Sunday school lesson that says, what must I do to be saved? But the Lord has a way of putting us at the right place at the right time to hear the right thing from the right person. And it's the working of the Holy Spirit. It is the goodness of God that is working in our lives to bring us to repentance. It is the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. And that morning when the Sunday school teacher taught, what must I do to be saved? The organ played again and he came forward and he gave his heart and his life to the Lord and if you fast forward a few years after that he was the one standing in the pulpit giving the Sunday school lesson I want to tell you God still saves Jesus still saves he will make of you the song says something new cleanse the sin that was how close are you to fulfilling the life that God has to for you it's just a prayer away just a prayer away God can take a drug addict, a, a, one bound by drugs and turn them into a Sunday school teacher. God can meet us where we are and turn us into something special for the glory of his kingdom. In case you haven't guessed this morning, I'm preaching about personal salvation. I'm preaching about knowing Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Do you know that personal salvation is not just securing our eternal destiny in a place called heaven. Now that's good. That's good. But personal salvation is life and grace and peace to live in this present world in which we live. Personal salvation is relationship with God. A day-to-day -day relationship and fellowship with our creator that words could not even describe this morning. All the other religions are based on merits and works and systems and structures. And they're just cold, dead religion. But Christianity is relationship. Relationship through Jesus Christ. Maybe you've heard these terms this morning, born again. Born again. You can read about it in John chapter 3. Uh, let me sign you some homework. Go back and read that beautiful chapter. John chapter 3. You can read about Nicodemus coming by night to talk to Jesus. And Jesus says to him, you must be born again. What was he talking about? Not just being born again by the flesh, but being born of the Spirit of God. It's personal salvation. Maybe you've heard the theological terms of rebirth or regeneration. Let's dig around that thought a little bit of regeneration. When someone comes to Christ and accepts him into their heart and lives, there is something that happens. There is a transformation that happens on the inside. And our heart changes. Please hear me this morning. Our heart changes and because our heart changes, our life style changes. Hear your pastor this morning. Let me be very careful how I say this. But just standing up and reciting some words doesn't necessarily save us. Just repeating the sinner's prayer with your pastor doesn't necessarily save us. We must mean what we're praying. 
and experience the regeneration of Jesus Christ. And when a man or a woman or a boy or a girl gives their heart to Christ and really sincerely says, Lord, forgive me, Lord, save my soul, there is a change inside of us and we become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. All things become new. We have a new heart, a new life, and we begin to pursue righteous living. That's conversion. That's repentance. That's regeneration. That's rebirth. That's personal salvation. Now, I'm not preaching sinless perfection this morning. We're always going to have things to work on. And sometimes we're going to fall short. And sometimes, yes, we're even going to sin. But when we do, if we have been regenerated, it's going to hurt. Right? And we're going to regret it. And we're going to say, oh, Lord, I am sorry I said that. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry I went there. Oh, Lord, I am sorry. Oh, God, I'm dealing with this in my life. And it's a habit in my life. But I know you want to sanctify me. Come on, somebody help me preach this morning. I know you want to sanctify me. I still believe that the Lord can sanctify us. And cleanse us. When we're saved, our heart changes. And we say, all right, I'm going to pursue righteousness. I might fall down seven times. But I'm going to get back up seven times by the mercy and grace of God. But my heart and life has been changed. And I will serve the Lord forever. Personal salvation. Personal salvation. Brad, I may have used all my song references up already. But if you'll permit me one more song, the old song that says, There's been a change in me, a change in me. I'm not the man that I used to be. Here's the gospel this morning. Here's the gospel. One, God rules. God rules. God is righteous, God is the creator, God rules, God has the standard of living, and God rules, and he is sovereign over all. But we, we being mankind, sinned. We being Adam and Eve, sinned. We being Greg and everybody else here in this room, sinned. See, the Bible said, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Of God. So, what is it that we can do? We've sinned, we've messed up. God rules, God has a righteous standard, God has wrath towards sin, He has to judge sin, and we have sinned. So, what do we, we do? We look to what God or who God has provided. You see, God rules, we sin, but God provided. God provided. God said, I will give really of myself. I will give my son to you. I will send him to satisfy my wrath against sin. I will send him to pay the debt of sin that none of us in this room this morning can pay. God provided the sacrifice through his son, Jesus Christ. And then Jesus gave his life. So God rules, we sin. God provided, he gave us Jesus, the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. And then Jesus gave his life. Without the shedding of blood, the Bible says, there is no remission of sins. There's no removing of sins. In the Old Testament times, 
They had to kill certain animals and offer that blood to sort of atone and try to cover sin. But it had to happen perpetually. It had to happen continually. And it was very limited. And if I got into a deep study of all of that, it was all pointing to the need for one ultimate sacrifice, one ultimate Savior. Who is that? Jesus. And Jesus shed his blood as payment for our sins and the sin of all humanity. The final part of that gospel is this. We respond. We respond. Let me, let me be careful how I word this this morning. But everybody does respond to the gospel. Everybody responds. Let me say it a different way. Everybody in this room today will have to respond to what you've heard today. Now, some will choose, unfortunately, to reject it. Some will say no. And the response will be no. I don't want Christ. I don't want my sins forgiven. I don't want a changed life. No. Some might be like the, the man in the New Testament who said to Paul, almost, almost, you persuade me to be a Christian. Almost. I think he even went as far as to say, I might even hear you again on this. Almost, but one author said, almost, but lost. Wouldn't it be a sad thing to hear the gospel and think, well, I might make a decision someday. I'm so close, but almost, not, not today, not today. But we're not promised tomorrow. Almost persuaded, but yet lost. Some will respond that way. But some, and I hope that's everybody in this room and everybody that might watch this online, some will respond, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin and make a new creation out of me. How about it this morning? Where are you in your walk with the Lord? Where are you in your response to the gospel of Jesus Christ? We're going to take communion, we're going to pray, and we're going to have an opportunity that you can give your heart to the Lord. But before we do that, I want to tell you it's as easy as ABC. It's easy as A-B-C. The A means admit. Would you permit me? And I haven't given them these scriptures yet. They might be able to hang with me. They're pretty good. They're very good back there. But uh, finished at about 1035 last night. So can I share with you these scriptures about admitting Romans 3? 23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23, the wages, the payment, what you get because of sin. The wages of sin, the payday, is death. Now that's pretty hard to admit. Let me give you something to respond to all that. 1 John 1, 9. We confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. To cleanse us, to purify us, to take it all away if we confess our sins. That's the admit. Admit I am a sinner and ask forgiveness. That's the A. It's as easy as A, B, C. Talk about B. B is believe. 
Somebody say believe. Believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again as the payment for your sins. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The little tool that I used last night to find this didn't include 17, but let me just throw it in for good measure. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, and that he was buried... And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Do you believe that? Romans 5.8. Listen to this one. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. I like this. That while we were yet sinners, while we were still sinners, what did he do? Christ died for Somebody should say, thank you, Lord, for that. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's as easy as A, B, C. A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe that Christ died and rose again as the payment for your sin. And C is this, confess and choose. Confess and choose to allow God to be in charge of your life. Confess and choose to allow God be part of your life. Let me read you a few more scriptures. Matthew 16, 24. 16, 24. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. If you go down just a few more verses, Romans 10, 13, my closing scripture, and everyone who calls, Whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So how about it this morning? How about it this morning? Would you stand with me? Could we have every head bowed and every eye closed? If you're already a believer this morning, what the sermon like this should do for you is cause you to rejoice, cause you to thank God for the great plan of salvation, cause you to once again say, you know, Lord, how grateful I am that you gave your son for me and I've received that gift and I'm, I'm saved, I'm on my way to heaven and I'm trying to live right and I'm going to make it through your grace also if you're already a Christian I hope what this sermon would do for you is to 
to give you some scriptures and some tools and some thoughts and even some inspiration towards personal witnessing so we can think about how we can share our testimony personal testimony and add in some of these beautiful scriptures and tell with clarity the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ That's, those are the two responses this morning for believers but if you're standing here this morning or if you're watching on the internet and you say I do not know Jesus as my Lord and Savior or you say that I one time had a relationship with the Lord but I've walked away from that kind of like Herbert Robert many others I know I'm not where I need to be with the Lord I know I have wandered away the good news this morning is God loved you so much that he laid on this preacher's heart last night to do a new sermon for today so that you could hear one more time the great plan of salvation and that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved.